Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm a dirty, dirty cheater. And I'm a dirty, dirty girl. That's true. Uh, how are you, friend? I'm well. Why were you cheating? You you monster. Yeah, last night we were playing Commander uh, on my stream, which was probably my most successful stream in a long time because I had a peak of seven viewers. So I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. But uh, I accidentally this is a card called Jessica's Will. It has two forms that you can play. I'm not going to bore you with what the forms do, but there's a condition to play both forms. And I did not meet that com- condition, but I played both forms anyway. Uh, and then five minutes after I made that play. Everyone who showed up in the stream was just like, wait, you played it. You're you're cheating. You're you've screwed these people out of a victory because you cheated and uh, played both versions of a card. And it's like and everybody who was in the game was like, we don't really give a shit. Yeah. Every, everyone's like, we don't care. I mean, everyone, the fucking chat lost their mind, except for one person. He was just like, give me a hard time. Everybody else. So eat my ass. It, it's fine. No one cared. We all got our infinite combos. We all went off and then we all did our things. It's fine. Uh, so that's it. That's why I'm a dirty, dirty cheater. Uh, it's true. Yeah, I think we were up till. Probably Two. like 230 yeah. to 230 that game was going. And then. Uh, I don't know. I tried to I tried to stay up a little bit. And uh, just was extremely tired, but then had to get up early this morning for a, a previous engagement uh, and then could not get back to sleep once I got that wrapped up. So I've had like three hours of sleep in the last 48 and uh, I feel fucking miserable. We better go to sleep on time tonight and get up at the correct time tomorrow. Uh, maybe yeah. you'll be fixed. I'm uh, I'm sure my body won't let me because uh, I'm just slowly dying and nothing matters well that's true so yeah uh otherwise i'm I'm okay uh my back hurts uh because landscaping duty but uh, in, in actuality uh, i've had like i've been carrying a lot of stress up up top and like right between the shoulder blade and spines where like i've been having a lot of muscle pain so that's fantastic i think uh we both need to invest in inversion tables I I need to just invest in self care sometimes, man. Like uh, I'm just like eh, I can get a massage, but I won't do that. Fuck that. Who wants that? Yeah. Ashley does have an inversion table. Uh, I don't know when the last time she used it was, though. I don't know if we have the space for an inversion table. Quite honestly, I'm gonna quit my job and go work at a bank 48 hours a week, and that would free up 20 hours a week for sleeping. I can't wait till I work from home uh, all but one day a week. Because that'll free up uh, 
an additional four hours of travel that uh, I don't have to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's kick off the show with a little segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Can, can you please get some alcohol into your mouth? Uh, I was. I did. Uh, I am drinking a Sierra Nevada Fantastic Haze Imperial IPA. Uh, it is 8% alcohol, 9% alcohol by volume. The font wasn't great there. Uh, I can't see the IBU. So uh, as per usual on the show, if you can't see IBUs, they don't exist. Uh, and it's OK. Uh, it, it was a beer I got for free. So I'm just drinking it. Uh, and by for free, I just mean like. Ashley's sister didn't want it anymore, and Ashley just brought it back to the house and was like, here, do you want these? I'm like, sure. And they've been sitting in my fridge for over two months, so. Yeah, there what you do go. You, what do you have? I have a Modelo, which is what I have more often than anything else, because it's my fucking road dog. Uh-huh. I'm trying <laughs> to remember uh, Road Dog's actual name, but I can't. I, I, it's escaping me at this point. I'm sure somebody who watches professional wrestling knows what Road Dog's name is. I don't know. I know that uh, Austin it's Austin Creed is Xavier Woods. Yes. Yes. I was going to say Austin Woods is Xavier Creed, but that's nothing. It's close enough. It's close. It's in the ballpark. Uh, That's the only wrestler that I know the name of, I think. Is it because he's a big fucking nerd? Yes, because uh, he shows up on like just random podcasts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big fucking nerd. And uh, I think the last time I watched wrestling uh, was whenever Macho Man Randy Savage was like one of the main guys. No, the last time you watched wrestling was in uh, the first Spider-Man movie when when, uh, <laughs> when Toby McGuire was, yeah, uh, was in the ring and, and Toby McGuire asked him, hey, that's a nice costume. Did your husband make it for you? And he's like. Oh, yeah, he did. You're on the wrong side of history, Spider-Man. Check oh. your biases. Oh, the blatant homophobia of 20 years ago. Uh, my husband is ready. For me to come home from work so we can cuddle. Oh, yeah, brother, dig it. This is nothing. (laughs) So with that, it's time to get into (laughs) the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Netflix, drunk with power, cancels Paris Hilton's cooking show after one season. Oh, no. Uh, How many people went out on Twitter to freak out about it? Uh, the answer might shock you. It might shock me because I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't think anybody cared. Did anybody actually care? I mean. It was someone's favorite show. Um, yeah, it was Paris Hilton's because she was doing something. So, uh, cool, cool news. Uh, the other thing that. To note is that Knives Out 2 will drop uh, sometime in late 2022 with a yeah. fall, fi- fall, fil- fall film festival 
uh, debut with uh, some theater engagements. Don't know if it's going to follow the regular Netflix theater engagement style of just like, hey, here's random ones, or if they'll actually give it a real theatrical release. But there it is. There it is. It seems like things are moving away from it, but I hope that like the pandemic was effective at killing movie theaters and we can just get everything on HBO the same day and I'll never have to go sit in a room full of loud popcorn munching inbred people ever again. Uh, There are certain movies where a theatrical experience is fine. Uh, I thought the Spider-Man theatrical experience was great. Uh, Seeing everybody react at the same time I was at like the big moments. That was fun. But, you know, outside that, like, I just want everyone to shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Movie theaters are like the inside of a toilet. So, uh, yeah. If it has a theater, a theatrical release, good for them. Uh, if it doesn't, good for them. I don't care. I don't know if you're watching me or not, but I was like seductively swaying back and forth while putting on chapstick. And I was waiting for you to say something about it so I could go, would you fuck me? I'd fuck you so hard. <laughs> No, I was uh, looking at Twitter. All right. Uh, and I was looking at Twitter because our final piece of news is Netflix financial shit. Yes, Netflix had their earnings call uh, this week, uh, and it was a fucking disaster. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah, it, so uh, Netflix has been slowly declining in stock price since about November. Their all-time high was about $700. Uh, I believe they now sit at around $400. Uh, that's about a, th- it's a three month drop of three hundred dollars. Yeah, it's three ninety seven fifty. So on Friday or on Thursday, they announced that they missed their subscriber goal by two hundred thousand accounts. Uh, also announced that they have a negative free ca- cash flow still, and 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 uh, they are only projecting to add one point five million subscribers in Q one. So everyone is uh, suddenly panicking, being like, oh, my God, what is the sustainability of streaming if a company that sets record high revenues still can't get a positive free cash flow? Uh, and therefore, the stock price tanked about $100. Uh, Netflix losing about $60 billion in market cap over that time. Yeah, I saw I saw a thing on Reddit. It was like, Netflix loses $50 billion market value in one day or something. And uh, all the comments were just like, yeah, it's it's almost like market value has nothing to do with what the company's actually worth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what I think it was still like seven point six billion in revenue or something like that. No, I, I, I didn't look at the financials too closely. I was busy not caring and just kind of relishing and everyone for, like watching the fall, the, the sky fall. Uh, so, yeah. Is Netflix in trouble? Probably not. Uh, do they need to cut back on spending? Probably. Yeah. I mean, we've we've talked about it before. That's the the most effective and most guaranteed way to increase revenue is to cut costs. Oh, to don't increase don't spend profit. as much. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, not not revenue profit. In, you know, I I know there was a like a fucking chart that was like, who's spending how much money on content? And Netflix isn't like even top three in spending the most on content uh, in 2022, or at least projected to spend in 2022. So I don't, Netflix has one thing that they have to, you know, provide content for Uh, like NBC has like 
a hundred fucking channels they got to provide content for. So of course they're going to spend more. If you're Netflix, if you even just cut it by 25%, is anybody going to fucking notice? Is anybody really going to notice if like, ha- like a quarter of the shows that were on the service now lo- no longer have new episodes or something? Is, is it that hard? I don't know. I mean, think of all the shitty movies that you release to your streaming service that, uh, damage your brand because everyone's like oh netflix just put shitty movies on their service imagine if you you know stop doing that and stop paying money for those movies how much more money you'd have if you just you know yeah allowed mediocre to you know good movies on your service instead of uh horrendously bad ones well uh why don't we talk about some shitty movies that are coming out on netflix in downstream baby i can't control the internet don't worry, some of them are also things that I'm interested in. Our first trailer this week is the trailer for The Cuphead Show, an animated series based on the indie game Cuphead, uh, which is like a side-scrolling bulletstorm game. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on the award-winning video game The Cuphead Show! Exclamation point, follows the unique misadventures of lovable, impulsive scamp Cuphead, and his cautious but easily swayed brother Mugman. It's a Mickey Mouse type, like it's meant to emulate that old timey animation. Uh, and the one guy has, I mean, the the two brothers have like a strong bond as heads. Yeah, you don't want to hear about it here. Yeah, I don't know. This looks like an irreverent show that just kind of doesn't matter. Uh, so I'm interested to see if I'm even intrigued by it because I've never played the game and this this trailer really did nothing for me. I don't know. I can't wait till they have to fight the three headed dragon and they have to uh, restart the episode 45 times to be able to beat it. That would be pretty funny if that's how the show was. People who have played Cuphead get that joke. Uh, the game's super fucking hard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, I've watched Nick try to play it. He's bad. That's, yeah. Well, he's too old. Should stick to playing Joust on the Atari 2600. (laughs) And Satisfactory. (laughs) And uh, Adventure on the Atari 2600. Pong in single player mode. And uh, Yars Revenge. I don't know. What are some other old video games? Galaga. Uh, E.T. The Extraterrestrial. I want I want to re-release that game so badly. Just like in its, in its <laughs> awful state and just be able to play. I just want to play it. That's it. I don't care. I don't care that it's bad. I just want to experience it. Let me experience it. Game companies. Uh, that wasn't even the the worst or the most broken game on the Atari. All right. Uh, yeah. Cuphead show is a thing that exists and it looks fine. Uh, next trailer is for season two of raising Dion. Does anybody remember this show? It came out in 2019. Uh, I had totally forgotten it existed until I saw you post this trailer. Hmm. Uh, Raising Dion, it's a superhero show. Raising yep. Dion follows the story of Nicole uh, and her son Dion after Dion starts to manifest several mysterious superhero-like abilities. Two years after defeating the Crooked Man, 
season two follows Dion as he continues honing his powers with the support of his mom and Tevin, his Biona trainer who catches Nicole's eye. Uh, after befriending new student Braden, a fellow super powered kid, uh, a series of alarming events unfold and Dion learns that danger is still looming, navigating twist turns and surprise visitors. Dion and Nicole must prevail again, not just to save themselves, but the entire city of Atlanta. Jesus Christ. I feel like I just read the inside of a fucking uh, dust jacket on a book and it was like 10 names. Yeah. So. Funny enough, Ash and I were talking about uh, the OA on her podcast uh, today, uh, which will be coming out Friday. So everyone stick stick around for that. Uh, but uh, that show had a two year lead time into its second season and uh, mm-hmm. no one was interested. Yeah. And it went away forever and it went away forever. So let's see. Do people actually care about this show? Let's find out. Uh, 600,000 trailer views says no, no one cares about this show. <laughs> Yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, I will watch it, too. Will that be a topic? Probably. There's a hole in the schedule. Like every YouTube comment is like, oh, I thought this show was canceled. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing with like when you have such like small kids, like they grow up quickly and therefore like your shots from the day before are completely ruined because the kid hit a fucking growth spurt. So I guess it was just waiting for them to age up a little bit and then be like, all right, here's the story now. All right, Dan, it's time. After her inspiring speech at the homecoming dance, Jody is no longer just the tall girl. She's popular, confident, has a boyfriend and just booked the lead role in this year's school musical. But as the pressure of her newfound popularity intensifies, so do her insecurities and new relationships are formed while old ones are tested. As the world she built starts to crumble around her, Jody realized that standing tall was only just the beginning. Tall Girl 2 coming to Netflix. This is the 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 tentpole film that, you know, we judge every other movie by. It's a sequel to that, so it has to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh I'm excited. I have never seen Tall Girl. I have so like I have only heard your misery in watching Tall Girl, so of course we have to revisit said misery and review both movies when this one comes out. So I hope everyone's ready for this shit. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I actually thought that it was quite funny in the trailer for this where like uh, they're rehearsing for uh, Bye Bye Birdie since she's in the lead role and not. She's so fucking tall that she does like a spinny dance move uh, and just fucking roundhouse kicks some kid in the face. That's pretty great. That uh, is probably, probably going to be the best part of the movie. Because her leg is just so long and just, you know, from from her perspective, she didn't even, you know, lift it that high up relative to her total height. Well, I mean, you know what Einstein says about relativity. <laughs> Uh, my favorite comment uh, from the the YouTube trailer is I feel so bad for her. Like, I can't imagine having that many problems. Pretty, popular, tall, blonde, skinny white girl in the middle of three hot guys. She's so strong. <laughs> uh, uh, to the man who says I'm surprised this is even getting a sequel considering the reviews of the first movie. Uh, I don't think you understand that Netflix doesn't give a fuck about reviews. They care about if yeah. people watched it. Uh, 
here's a comment that says, if I had a nickel for every time Netflix introduced a love interest of Keller in the sequel of an original film to create a pointless love triangle that isn't going to go anywhere, I would have three nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened three times. I'm assuming the Kissing Booth 2 did this. Because uh, this is the second movie of Tall Girl. Uh, the second movie of... Uh, what's that one with Lana Condor? What the hell is that one? Tell the Boys, I think, did that's that. It. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's the movie. Man, why have we why have we watched these? Why, why am I like this? Because <laughs> it's funny. It's funny yeah, to yeah. hear two grown-ass men reviewing teen girl movies. I guess that's true. And, and sometimes it's funny to hear one of those grown-ass men uh, reviewing Thomas the Tank Engine as though he were a communist. That is the that's that's the point of this podcast that can never be replicated. We probably should have stopped after that moment. Yeah. We can stop now. That's the next best thing. We can no, stop sir. before we watch Tall Girl 2. No, we have to watch Tall Girl 2. Then we can stop. <laughs> OK, so tune in in a few weeks for our final episode. All right. Our last trailer for the week is for Fistful of Vengeance. Uh, A revenge mission becomes a fight to save the world from an ancient threat when superpowered assassin Kai tracks a killer to Bangkok. Uh, This is a movie that is a sequel to the Netflix original series Woo Assassins, uh, which I don't think was that popular that I know of. Uh, I want to say no. But for some reason, they were just like, ah, yeah, let's do a fucking movie for the sequel. Uh, And I got to say, I don't understand how there was going to be a fucking series of Wu Assassins. But, you know, a movie, I'm interested in that. Uh, Here's a YouTube comment that says this will be a go good movie. Mark my words. It's G.O. dash G.O.O.D. Go good. This will be a good movie. Did they stutter in the middle of typing it? What the fuck does go good mean? (laughs) I see a protein. This is a new it's a New Zealand based uh, whey protein company and plant protein company. Jesus Christ. Uh, I clicked on the account. Like to go to their page and it started playing. uh, like a techno video game video. Huh. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of praise for Ico Oasis. I, I think this will be relatively popular. Yeah. It, it, at least in terms of like people who like their martial arts movies, because it's Ico Oasis. So, you know, people who like the raid are probably going to enjoy it. So uh, if you're Paul from the countdown, uh, watch Wu Assassins and then watch uh, Fistful of Vengeance. <sighs> Fistful of D's nuts. <laughs> got him alright uh, and that'll move us into quick hits where we talk about some stuff we watched this week I don't know I watched a little bit more Kimmy Schmidt nothing, nothing really nothing really worth writing home about that's fair uh, I've been watching the new Netflix original series Archive 81 uh, this is apparently based on a podcast i don't know how this got adapted from a podcast into this series because this series seems expansive and sprawling. And uh, I can tell you, based off of producing my own podcast, that that is not how I would describe podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but basically, it's about uh, a guy whose name is Dan, uh, Dan Turner. He uh, his family died in a in a tragic fire. Uh, and then uh, he clean he restores like old cassette tapes and uh, rib- like cassette ribbons and then, you know, finds out what's on them for people like that's his full time job. And that seems like a dope full time job. Uh, so he's tasked by this uh, benefactor who's like, I will give you one hundred thousand dollars to clean up uh, a bunch of these tapes. We want to find out what's on these fucking tapes because they were damaged in a fire. So I'll pay you one hundred dollars right now to fuck off. So, uh, of course, he does it and he starts finding uh, some weird shit. And it's it's like a higher production value of the VHS series, if if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, but like all about one story as opposed to, you know, multiple different stories, or at least like they're probably going to go for an anthology thing where each season is going to be a new story. Cool. If that if that happens, uh, I'm only two episodes in, but and I don't want to give too much away. But uh, we find out he has a much more personal connection to the story going on than uh, initially thought. And I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Cool, cool. Uh, and and that's it. Uh, other than that, I watched a bunch of turtle movies. Like a fucking <laughs> psychopath. Oh, man. We're not ready to talk about that yet. No, but we soon will be because we're about to cut and do a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the three 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies for some reason. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main interview topic for the week. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles spectacular, so of course we're going to go in order. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original movie, the movie, something like that. The live action, the not Michael Bay one. Uh, This is a 1990 PG-rated action-adventure comedy. Uh, It's a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. Uh, This is directed by Steve Barron, uh, based on characters by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, and uh, stars uh, some people. Uh, Judith Hogue plays April O'Neil. Uh, Elias Codius plays Casey Jones. That might be his name. Uh, sounds Greek. I don't know. I don't know who like the people who voice the turtles are, but Corey Feldman is Donatello. So. Corey Feldman is Donatello. Yeah. Just fine, I guess. Uh, what did you think of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? I'm going to say this about every single one of them. However, I'm going to feel differently about each one of them after I say this. Uh, these movies are fucking horrendous. <laughs> but this one, like, is 
enjoyably stupid for, yeah, it's, for it's what it is. It's campy. Um, like, they, they go out of their way to try to make it, like, it's still a PG movie based on a cartoon that was based on, like, an extraordinarily violent, like, shockingly violent to what you would expect if you saw the cartoon uh, series comic book. Um, but, like, they they really try to make it like dark and gritty, mm. but like in a kid way. <laughs> right. Cause like I'm watching the first 10 minutes of the movie where it's just like the fucking random muggers and they're the way they steal shit. Like, I don't know if you've seen death wish three, but you should watch death Wish three. If you haven't, uh, and ignore the horrendous Marina Sirtis rape that happens in it. But uh, the way the creeps behave in that movie is very reminiscent of, uh, well, actually, I should say, the way the muggers in this movie of the Foot Clan act uh, is very reminiscent of the way the creeps do in Death Wish 3, in that they commit crimes in uh, comical, over-the-top ways. Yeah. Uh, And also, like, because it's ninjas, so, like, you know, somebody will, like, open a fully loaded box truck and grab one thing and like walk over to hand it to the person he's delivering it to and then come back and the entire truck is emptied out. Uh, so I don't know. It's just not necessarily played for laughs, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of larger than life. Yeah. It's but definitely like, uh, funny in like in this universe, like uh, learning karate gives you literal goddamn superpowers. Well, it's true. I mean, have you ever seen a turtle do a backflip before? Well, that's probably because the turtle doesn't know karate. Yeah, that's true. This one, like, I think Jim Henson Creature Studios actually worked on, like, the costumes and stuff. And then, like, for the... For, like, the next two movies in the series, you get diminishing returns, but, like, in, in all areas of it, but, like the costumes is like the most immediately recognizable aspect of that. Yeah. Like the costumes in this don't actually look too bad. Uh, like there's an animatronic component to like the faces. So they're a lot more expressive. Whereas like by the time you get to the third movie, a lot of times they'll be talking and like the mouths don't move or like uh, somebody hits them and they just like stare unblinkingly at them. And uh, it's right. really uncanny and off-putting, but like this, this movie was it was pretty good. Um, I still don't understand or enjoy that the turtles have three fingers. It's pretty gross. That's whatever. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like it's high three, but like yeah, I mean the the toys were like that too, so right. it's fine. Uh. So so yeah, after I mean after you get the creeps, uh, and then the the turtles save April O'Neil, who uh is not a, a redhead in any way, shape, or form. Uh, which I don't know, ma'am. I'm not a fanboy of any of this shit, but like everyone knows April O'Neil's a redhead. Just just give her a red wig, it doesn't fucking matter. Make her look <laughs> like Miss Frizzle, who who fucking gives a shit. I don't know. I like the person that played April O'Neil in this one though. Like I don't know. She's like a an 80s babe, you know, not really, uh, not really what, like, you know, we would consider like super attractive by today's standards, but like, you know, for the time, like, she's got the big hair and she's the mom in Halloween Town. 
Yeah, it's true. Now, like, she's definitely had a, a career and shit since then. Yeah, she does plenty of stuff. But, like, she the, the funny thing is, is she's, like, uh, more, like, redhead in that than she is in this movie, which is kind of funny to me. Yeah. Considering. She also doesn't wear a fucking banana yellow jumpsuit the entire time. Which I never I mean, understood. I mean, whatever. They wanted a recognizable character, apparently, because they wanted to differentiate her from Mary Jane Watson, is my guess. <laughs> Uh, so do you know kind of the creation myth around the Teenage yes. Mutant Ninja Turtles? But I yes, I do. But please explain it to everybody else about how uh, the MCU and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are uh, the same. Yeah. Um, so this like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got started as a parody, like explicitly a parody of Daredevil. So like in Daredevil, Matt Murdock is involved in an accident on the street where like uh, a canister of chemicals falls off a truck and like splashes him in the eyes and blinds him. Uh, And then that chemical like goes down into the sewers and creates the Ninja Turtles. So like beyond that, like the parody gets deeper. So like Daredevil fights the hand, the Ninja Turtles fight the foot. Uh, Shit like that. There's like little, little references and like uh yeah Daredevil versus splinter yeah yeah it's uh it's a dumb little thing uh i remember them directly referencing it at one point in a teenage mutant ninja turtle comic where it's like oh my god this kid's fucking dead from this ooze and the turtles you just see these four fucking turtles just stomping around in this fucking ooze like a bunch (laughs) of idiots i don't know i think uh i think at one point like there was because I think uh, Ninja Turtles might have been on Image Comics. Maybe that sounds right. Or it might be uh, like maybe. some old timey, like defunct comic book studio now. But uh, not that I have any idea if Image Comics still exists, but they do. Um, I think that they might have actually um, done a crossover with Daredevil one time. They did one with Batman. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have I have the meme from that where. uh, It's Batman telling Raphael, this is where my parents died. And then Raphael is saying, I'm using tilt controls. uh, Which is a reference to Mario Kart. Oh, uh, so you were kind of right. So they started with Mirage Comics. Mirage, that's it. Then they had an image comic run. Uh, and it looks like now they're with IDW. Yeah. And uh, at some point, I've never I've never managed to find it anywhere. But at some point they did like a comic series called Body Count uh, where uh, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello and Splinter are all violently murdered by the Foot Clan and Raphael loses his fucking mind and joins up with Casey Jones and the two of them just go on a fucking murder spree. Oh, so into uh, the it, fat one. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it sounds amazing and I have to find it. Uh, if you guys didn't catch that, I said, enter the fat one, which is a robot chicken sketch where, uh, the everyone in in sync is murdered except for Joey Fatone. So he becomes yeah. a Kung Fu master to gain, to gain revenge against those who murdered in sync. That's true. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't have too much to say. I will say, like, uh, costume designer, good job, because uh, 
you can tell what they gave Raph like a bit more personality with his costume, because if you look at the back of his shell, it's like all scarred up from like a bunch of weapons training and shit. So like they they gave him character there. Uh, everyone else just kind of looks the same, just with like a slightly different headband looking thing. In in fact, uh, it was so bad that I couldn't tell Leo and Donatello apart uh, at all during yeah. this movie. Uh, and subsequently, they changed the fucking shading on uh, Leonardo's uh, headband to make it a lot more uh, pronounced blue. Yeah, that's uh, that's an issue in the first one, especially because like a lot of the scenes are so dark. But um, yeah, like as the movie goes on, like uh, like the skin tones of the turtles kind of differentiate a bit. The masks become like brighter colors. So they kind of just pop more. Um, so like, I don't I don't know if you were old enough or remember the fucking uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures, like the original run of them. Nah. But like Donatello's was like a different color plastic, like it was more of a like a darker, like olive green color. And the rest <laughs> of them were kind of like, you know. Like typical what you would think of, like kind of to match the. Uh, like the animated series, I guess. But I don't know. There is some interesting lighting in these movies, especially like when you're going through the Foot Clan base. Like there's a a consistent aesthetic there that I I actually enjoy. Yeah, but um, uh, the the action's all right. Like it's for especially for a '90s movie, it's pretty core. It's actually choreographed pretty well. Uh, you do see some guys waiting around to get hit though. Like they just kind of yeah, dance back well, and forth and like <laughs> hit me, brother. They they do that like in all three movies. Like the the guys in the backgrounds just have like an idle animation. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I don't know, it, it is it is impressive considering like there's people wearing these heavy suits and like jumping around and shit. I'm sure uh, they had like action costumes and then like, you know, your your dialogue costumes. Probably. Where yeah. Where they yeah, have I'm like sure. the animatronic heads. Right. Because there would there would have to be a puppeteer off screen with a fucking remote. But even with that, like considering the massive shells they had on, like the, the shit they were doing, like the flips they were doing, the spin kicks, like that's that's good stuff. And more more so than like the other movies, it seems that like the shell is integrated with and molded to the rest of the costume. Like it, it seems like it's one big solid piece that they kind of just grease up and slide into. Whereas like <laughs> by the time you get to the third one, you can see that like, uh, they're basically wearing like, uh, a foam rubber turtleneck. And like, there's a, a gap where like the fake turtle head goes down over top of it. I started noticing that in two, honestly. Yeah, I think you notice it a little bit in two. It's it's really bad in the third one. Actually, the, mm. the costumes in the third one look fucking terrible. I grew up with this movie. I still like it. It's it's just a fun time. Yeah, I mean, it can't be nonsense. Uh, and, and that's kind of like the point. Like, it's kind of why I still like the Power Rangers movie from 1995, even though it's it, it is a dog shit movie. That movie's fucking horrendous. Like, <laughs> I I don't think I've apologized to my parents for making them watch all the Power Rangers shit. Uh, but mom and dad, I fucking apologize because I rewatched them all, and it it's fucking rough as an adult, man. It's so yeah. fucking bad. 
at at the beginning of this, the turtles just exist. Like it goes into their origin a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like April O'Neil's doing the report about this crime wave going through the city. Uh, for some reason, even though she's a TV reporter and like answers only to like the TV station and the ratings that she gets. The police chief keeps calling her into his office to yell at her for like cr- being critical of the police being able to deal with this. Right. Which uh, a normal human being would be critical if crime rate continued to rise because the police couldn't get a handle on it. Yeah. And like if a cop came into my work and said, hey, I don't like how you're doing your job, I would say, OK, go away now. <laughs> right. Like who gives a, like who gives a fuck what the cop thinks? So that's that's weird that like the fucking loser police chief has any like sort of influence over her job. Mm-hmm. It's like April is is leaving after like reporting on this crime wave. She uh, gets mugged uh, and is saved by uh, the the four collected Ninja Turtles. Uh, as they like smash out the light and then beat up the guys in the dark and slip away. Uh, but Raphael leaves one of his size, which is uh, his weapon. Like he, he loses it during the fight. Uh, and that's the thing that first clues April in that the Ninja Turtles exist. So really quick, can we talk about the, the, the obvious problem of the movie or of the series really? is that Donatello wields katana and yet murders exactly zero people with them. Well, Leonardo has the oh, I'm sorry, Donatello yeah. is the bow staff. Uh, it, uh, as you can tell, I can't tell them apart in this movie, so that's yeah. why I got them confused. Which, uh, te- if you want to get real technical, uh, Leonardo's swords do not curve and therefore are ninjato. Oh, really? That's interesting. But regardless, like... The fact is, is uh, you have a, a dude using swords, which are fucking dangerous, uh, and he's murdering nobody with them. So, like, why not switch his weapon to, like, Tanfa or something? Well, half the, the mystical Tanfa of Takanawa, uh, <laughs> like, half the time when they're fighting, he has his sword sheathed on his back and he's using, like, fucking Eskrima sticks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Nightwing. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely noticed that on multiple occasions that he didn't even have his swords out, which like they're anti killing anyway, uh, until they decide that Shredder must die. Well, right. Um, but the point is, is like Katana are or uh, Ninjato are like actual weapons that can kill like the Psy. You can see how you can get around that with, you know, them like using the guards and flipping shit. A bow staff isn't going to beat the fuck out of anybody anytime soon. Uh fucking nunchucks aren't either you know what else most martial arts weapons were developed from farming tools because like people of like the peasant class in feudal japan weren't allowed to own swords so like they had to hide the fact that they were practicing martial arts and training with weapons by like it being a farming implement because like Tonfas are like the handle of like a grinding wheel and like uh fucking nunchucks are like 
a tool that you would use to like uh smack like the stalks of rice to knock the the grain off of it and shit like that mm. but like leonardo has two swords which is like a proper weapon that is you know considerably powerful he has two of them everybody else has you know peasant class farming weapons uh and leonardo not only does not share his swords with his brothers but does not use them that's pr- that's pretty greedy yeah, it I, like I I get that you want to keep the, the iconography, but like that's a change that for a kids movie that you are ostensibly making that like you could probably get away with changing them to anything else. Yeah. Well, like that's why in the cartoon series, like your your standard like run of the mill foot soldier, uh, like Foot Clan soldier, uh, they made them robotic. Yep. And then, like, they had, like, the mouser enemies that were, like, small, like, rat-catching robots that were developed to, like, destroy Splinter. <laughs> so, like, uh, most of the things they fought were robots. They could just kill them mercilessly. Right, exactly. But in this, they're, they're real people. So, the other reason that the first movie is the best one is because Casey Jones is in it. And Casey Jones is my favorite Ninja Turtle. See, I, I'm ambivalent to Casey Jones and all of his things like he he, he just exists for me. Uh, I fucking love Casey Jones. A Jose Canseco bat. Tell me you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> and, I mean, like he has some good lines and uh, what, what's his name? Enzio something. Uh, the actor. Yeah. Elias Codius. Oh uh, yeah, Elias Codius has actually gone on to be in some Cortez? things. Like he was in the he was in like the thr- the thin red line, like other other kind of movies and like yeah. Zodiac. So he, like he's had a real career where he wasn't just Casey Jones. Where it seems like uh, other than Corey Feldman, the other guys just kind of existed. But like yeah, I mean Casey Jones is whatever. Uh, I I don't have an opinion on Casey Jones because he's yeah. he's barely in the movie. Well, like he's he's in the first one a considerable amount. Um, then like in the second one, he's not in it at all. And they right. kind of have a different actor, like different character kind of fill that role. Uh, and then in the third movie, that guy disappears inexplicably. Uh, and Casey Jones is back. Uh, but they just make him house sit and he's in like 10 minutes of the movie while the turtles go off and have an adventure with his ancestor who then is like Casey Jones, but not really because he barely does anything in the movie yeah. from that aspect. Well, yeah, uh, he plays two roles in the movie uh, and neither of them do anything. <laughs> Except he he teaches some guys to play hockey. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part. Because all they do is, uh, you know, uh, in a, a move that enraged me, uh, just beat the fuck out of each other. The first movie here, like, it's it's the only one that really like that like the Foot Clan seems menacing because mm-hmm. like their whole deal is that they're they're recruiting like kids who are you know disillusioned about you know not that don't have a good home life or just you know like society's you know passing them by thinks they're just like punk kids with you know nothing to offer anybody 
so like the Foot Clan, you know, like most gangs do, kind of preys on those people. It's right. like, hey, you can come here, you can do anything you want. You're you're totally free. We won't judge you or yell at you. You can just be whoever it is that you are. Uh, but of course, that like there's a downside to that because it's like once you get comfortable with the organization, it's like, hey, come to the back. Like, we'll teach you how to fight. And then like. It's like, hey, you're going to, you know, earn this great honor of like, you know, wearing the dragon dogi of the sacred uh, fucking Lin Kuei ninja clan. That's a uh, Mortal Kombat thing. And like go out and do all these crimes for us. And like, it's like by degrees, like they corrupt these kids into being like the arm of this fucking organized crime family. Well, no, they'd be the toe of this organized crime family. Uh, 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 the leg. Got him. The leg of the foot. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, the Foot Clan is what it is, and you're right, they are this, this is our, at them at their most menacing, otherwise they're just fucking jobbers to get us to yeah, fucking yeah. whatever else in two. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, like, the first movie is actually, like, it's a goddamn Ninja Turtles movie, and it was only ever gonna be so good, but, like, for what it is, it's quite good. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to, you know, be like, oh, Academy Award winner movie that should have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. I'm going to say like, oh, yeah, like this was actually a really solid movie that for the most part worked. Does it have its issues? Absolutely. But is it campy enough that I can ignore them? Sure. Well, like. Like the the fight in. uh, Like the antique store. And like the building gets set on fire and they're like trying mm-hmm. to escape and like more and more Foot Clan guys are coming in to fucking try to kill him. Like that is like th- that scene has some legitimate tension and like some really mm-hmm. good moments. And like, I don't know, they still have like some some zany antics and shit, whatever, to to kind of break it up because it's the Ninja Turtles. But like it it never was like totally cringy and like a good bit of the second movie and like almost all of the third movie is like complete cringy garbage. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. The other thing that's kind of thematic in this movie series is that like the only way to beat the turtles is to separate them. Uh, So in this one, they lose splinter because like, while they're out doing stuff, uh, like one of the foot clan guys tracks them back to their hideout in the sewers Uh, And like they leave for a bit and they kidnap like attack and kidnap Splinter and are holding him hostage. Uh, And the turtles are all, you know, understandably fucked up about it. Poor turtles. Yeah. Uh, uh, Like this, like you said, this is the most solid movie. It has legitimate tension. It has good action. Uh, It has, you know, the turtles not shutting the fuck up during a fight. They they literally just say things the entire time. Like annoying teenagers. So, I mean, like, <laughs> they, they did everything right for this movie. Everything that they could have done right did happen, uh, but it still wasn't uh, the masterpiece that it needed to be to spawn a franchise that would last a million years. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's no, uh, like, Batman or, you know, whatever. So, 
yeah, I like this movie. Uh, obviously, <laughs> this is the best one of the three. Uh, I actually care for the second one a good bit, but like that's I don't expect that you will so much. Like, I think it's more of an artifact of uh, growing up with it. So. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Uh, Caleb, it's time to get into, I guess, the cautionary tale of Netflix part of the show, where we shit on the final two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle (laughs) movies. All right, uh, so first up, we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Uh, This came out in 1991, the very year after the first movie, so pretty quick turnaround on these. Uh, It's a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, The Turtles and the Shredder battle once again, this time for the last canister of the ooze that created the Turtles, uh, with which Shredder wants to unleash an army of new mutants. Uh, so first things first, this movie, uh, begins with, uh, a pizza guy body shaming some women for not wanting to fuck him. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's amazing. He's, he's getting on his bike to go and deliver pizzas and he's like, Hey, which one of you ladies wants to ride with me tonight? And they're like in your dreams. And he's like, okay, sure. But in my dreams, I'll be th- dreaming of something a little bit thinner. And it's like, <laughs> this guy's a complete fucking cuck. <laughs> I mean, yes, but also uh, in the 90s, that's fucking hysterical. Uh, big true. And then like, so he apparently is delivering pizzas to April O'Neil uh, and instead goes across the street into like a strip mall. Yep. Because he sees a bunch of vans like loaded up with shit. So he's like, oh, I should investigate this. He's like, I should check this out uh, while carrying these pizzas. Uh, So like he goes in, there's a bunch of guys with pantyhose over their face uh, because that was the ultimate crime disguise uh, in the 90s. We're doing a crime. Put get your get your mom or your girlfriend's pantyhose, throw them on your face. I uh I wouldn't be a good criminal because I'd fuck up and put fishnets on. So he gets in a scuffle with these guys, and then the Ninja Turtles have to come bail him out. So like after talking repeatedly in the first movie about how uh they have to remain in the shadows, remain hidden, you know, practice the art of invisibility, <laughs> uh they leap out into uh a heavily lit shopping area in front of 30 people and start kicking their asses. Uh, And the one person who's like trying to help them fight uh, these criminals, they pick him up and throw him into a trash can. And Raphael's like, sorry, kid, it's for your own good. And I'm like, but why, though? Yeah, I mean, when he walks onto the scene, like he fucking knocks out like four of them almost immediately. So like he's obviously a capable fighter. Yeah. I guess because they just didn't want some random kid fucking up the turtles big action scene in the movie. Because that's about it in terms of action. Like we get a little bit like in the middle, but then it's uh, interrupted by a fucking dance number. Yeah, it's true. See, so many people have seen the Ninja Turtles at this point and like 
there's never there's nothing in the newspapers about it. Yeah. So then we get uh, a scene with, you know, a woman walking down the street and like a couple accosts her as she's trying to get into her apartment building. And they're like, hey, you're uh, you're April O'Neil from the Action News. Uh, and, and they have to do this because they replaced the actress for April O'Neil with somebody else. So they have H. to have Marco. a character who shows up first thing that that she's on uh, the screen and say, hey, you're April O'Neil. And then turn to the camera and say, accept it. <laughs> yeah, uh, see. Ooh, Paul, if you're listening, if you've gotten this far, I want you to do the top 10 recasting uh, moments in in film history uh, and throw this up there with like uh, Don Cheadle and Iron Man, too. So, like, speaking of recasting, the other recast is that uh, fucking Corey Feldman is not in this movie as as, uh, Donatello. I don't know who it is. It's just somebody who doesn't sound anything like uh, Corey Feldman at all. But it's yeah. notable because there's no Corey Feldman, who was probably the biggest star in the movie for the first one. Yep. Him and uh, the the actress for April O'Neil in the first one, they they just asked for too much money. So. I don't know. In In terms of like the costumes of like the turtles and splinter uh they're like their eyes are brighter they're like they look a lot cleaner um mm-hmm. kind of like more colorful more cartoonish uh i don't dislike the costumes in this movie but like i do like the ones in the first movie better but like uh when you look at splinter in the first movie uh he looks like a fucking sewer rat because he is uh and in this one i don't know he looks like the family dog or whatever yeah the puppetry on splinter isn't great at all in the series it's probably the weakest part of like the costuming and puppeteer work in the entire franchise yeah i mean of the five instances of it that's true well i guess there's also uh some enemy characters that get some puppet work later on in this. Uh, so in this, like April's doing a, a report about this company, TGRI, who is like doing an environmental cleanup. Uh, and Splinter goes off to brood about it for half a day without talking to anybody uh, and waste valuable time that they could be dealing with the plot. Uh, so then he informs them that like, uh, the canister that spilled the ooze that turned them into Ninja Turtles uh, had TGRI written on it. So, like, it's connected to this company that April did a, a report on. And, of course, April freaks out and it's like, I knew that guy was hiding something from me, yada, yada. Um, also, I guess I forgot to talk about it in the first one. Um, so, like, this is something I always have kind of thought, like was kind of lame about the movies. So like in the cartoon, uh, Splinter was Hamato Yoshi, who was like a ninja master, Mm -hmm. um, who like, he was exposed to the ooze, which like, I guess they explain it in the show that like, 
it causes you to genetically transform into whatever the last like other animal that you had come into contact with was. So like the turtles had been handled by a human, so they became humanoid. Uh, like Splinter had like, you know, touched a rat in the sewer or whatever. So he became like a rat. But in this one, like it's just a rat who like <laughs> lived in a cage and was doing ninja moves, mimicking his owner yep. and like learned ninjutsu before ever becoming intelligent or like having the anatomy to perform ninjutsu. Uh, so that's that's a stupid thing. Anyway. So, like, they decide to investigate TGRI. Uh, there's like this elaborate machinery uh, that looks like nothing. Um, it looks like. Uh, like an arcade game or something like, you know, yeah, which like they even mentioned that because it's like the props department just fucking went nuts. And it doesn't look like anything scientific, but like, so TGRI was like disposing of all these ooze canisters. Uh, so it didn't fall into the wrong hands and lead to them getting sued. So like there's one left and the foot clan also knows about it. Uh, and they're coming to try to get it too. So like they both converge on attack. And yeah. They both converge the on the point at the same time and like, um, have to fight each other. So, like, Donatello's trying to figure out what's going on with this stuff. So he gets on their computer before the Foot Clan shows up. Uh, and he's like, if the database is coded, the whole system might go down. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> that means nothing. Uh, this this movie's a walk down memory lane to a time when everything was worse, but everything seemed better. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we get we get the mutant uh, creature things that aren't Rocksteady and Bebop for some fucking reason. Yeah, I will never I understand like, that. I feel like they could have tried to do Bebop and Rocksteady and it would have been really disappointing. I'm fine with yeah. it. Um, it also like because. In the movie canon, the ooze just turns whatever animal into like. An anthropomorphic version of that animal. Like that made them not have to get a rhinoceros because the animals that they decide to transform into mutants to try to kill the turtles are a wolf and a snapping turtle. Mm -hmm. uh, so like you have the the cartoony turtles, then you have this badass like spike motherfucker with like a serrated beak uh, and he's awesome. Yeah, he I mean he's super cool. The 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 wolf looks fucking stupid. Yeah. But the the, um, the turtle cool. So like after like the Foot Clan gets the ooze because like of the the turtles aren't allowed to get it because then the plot's over. So like they're debating on what to do next. So like uh Raphael's like, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to go find the Foot Clan. And uh, Kino, the pizza delivery kid who like helped them punch and kick bad guys in the opening. Uh, they're going to send him undercover because the Foot Clan is recruiting again. Uh, so like. Raphael tries to like help him get into the Foot Clan uh, and then like. They'll 
you know, find out where the secret base is and then go back and tell everybody else. And then they can go and uh, murder them all, I guess. So, like, of course, they get found out because Raphael doesn't ask for help and the right. other ones didn't agree to that plan. So, like, uh, it blows up in his face. Raphael gets captured this time. He's the he's the turtle that gets uh, taken to retaken. So, like, the rest of them have to go rescue him, uh, which, of course, turns out to be a trap. Uh, and this is where they... They unveil Toka and Razar, the uh, the new mutants, uh, who are dumb as hell, but like, yeah, impervious to all forms of physical attack, and the turtles just uh, can't can't contend with it. Uh, so they manage to free Raphael and escape, and uh, are are pretty much soundly defeated, like the whole way through this fucking movie. Right, because the things are just too OP, so they they can't fucking karate them to death. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it all kind of culminates into like they have to find a way to try to reverse the mutation and like turn them into just regular ass animals again. Uh, so they use like the TGRI scientists to develop an anti mutagen, uh, and then they have to like fight Token Razar and like. Uh, you know, get them to consume this anti-mutagen uh, and then, like, you know, make them revert to animals. Which is hilarious, because, like, the big set-piece fight versus Toka and Razar, uh, they, like, crash through a wall and just, like, are immediately in a nightclub where Vanilla Ice is performing. Yeah. Uh and it, it's the second best scene ever filmed right behind Dunkachino because uh, it's so <laughs> fucking stupid. It's it's so fucking dumb. Uh, and I'm so sad that it even happened. But uh, ninja, ninja, rap, go ninja, go ninja, go. Man. Vanilla Ice sucks. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like he actually was like, I don't like. I didn't I never liked any of his music, but like he's actually got some talent at rapping. But like as a person, like as a human being, uh, he sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, they they defeat the the mutant dudes. They turn them back into a very cute wolf looking dog and a turtle. Uh, And then the shredder is like, yo, I need this shit. One one second, one second. They they turn into a wolf. And then a fucking alligator snapping turtle, uh, which is capable of severing a human finger in about half a second. Uh, and they're like, oh, how cute. Uh, a pair of wild animals that we're now going to leave in this crowded nightclub. <laughs> uh, yes, it's fantastic because no one gives a fuck <laughs> as soon as they, they solve the problem. Like, oh, they're no longer transformed. Uh, everyone's fine. Yeah. Uh, so Shredder's like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'll come back again and again until you're dead. And like, I'll use the rest of the ooze to make uh, a series of mutants to violently destroy you. And, you know, uh, they're not having that. Uh, Kino comes back for the final time because, uh, I guess one of the turtles couldn't just 
kick the canister out of Shredder's hand. But like Shredder watches him run across the entire dance floor, uh, jump up on the stage, and then Kino spin kicks the canister out of his hand. Uh, and then Shredder runs away for reasons. Cause. And then I don't remember why they end up outside. Cause but they, but they go out like there's a boat dock. Like uh, apparently this nightclub is like on the old pier in the, the uh, fucking uh, the port district or whatever. So they, they're out on like this old uh, dock and uh, Shredder shows up and he has a small vial of the ooze and he fucking pounds that like a five hour energy uh, and gets super muscly and turns into the super Shredder to try to kill them. Right. And then he is uh, soundly defeated within three seconds because and you, like you got to draw them out. They don't even fight him. He just like starts punching through timbers and stuff and collapses the dock on himself and kills himself like a fat idiot. Yep. Uh, so here's like when between segments, when you were getting water, here's what I laughed super, super fucking hard about. Uh, so like Francois, Francois Chow, uh, who played shredder, like, you know, fairly, fairly like average build dude. So like for super shredder, he's like a muscle Hulk. So they had to get somebody big to do him. Uh, so Kevin Nash is credited as super shredder. Okay, uh, so I went I went to look at Kevin Nash's IMDb because I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen him before. Uh, what's he been in? Uh, uh, and wrestling, I look, the well, Punisher. I look, yes, uh, he's the Russian in the Punisher, uh, and he's also in Magic Mike XXL. Uh, but I looked through his filmography uh, and in 2021, he was in something called COVID-19 colon in invasion. The logline is Rex, played by Kevin Nash, and his men <laughs> aim to kill the homeless people living in a local deserted school, <laughs> hoping it'll slow an ultra-deadly strand of COVID. Now outnumbered 100 to 1, Hap must save his little sister. Uh, the t- image in the trailer is him standing in front of a Confederate flag. Where can I watch this? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the tagline for this movie is if COVID doesn't kill you, they will. Oh, filming location, Longview, Texas. That makes sense. Three million dollar budget. Oh, my. OK, this was produced by Breath of Life Productions. Uh, who? Yeah, apparently they just make. Like shitty right wing shit, like right wing action movies. OK. And and also like Christian ministries. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's not stay too uh, stay too long on this. This might have to be a patron exclusive where we talk <laughs> about this fucking movie. Uh, I just thought that it was really, really funny. Yes. So, yeah, the, the Super Shredder loses and the movie ends because uh, the shoot the Super Shredder jobs out in three seconds. Yeah. Uh, Also, for some reason, he takes the ooze and it makes his armor turn into like a more blady, pointy version of it. 
Yeah, don't you know? He's genetically enhanced by his armor. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is that the the ooze mutates his clothes. All right, uh, let's talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Uh, it is from 1993, so they waited a whole two years uh, before coming back to this well uh, of dog shit. Uh, it's a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh-huh. When, their cl- when their closest friend April O'Neil discovers an ancient scepter with magical powers, the turtles must cow dash ah bunga their way back to 17th century Japan to rescue her from the evil clutches of Lord Norinaga. Uh, I don't know why they spelled cowabunga that way. The tagline from the VHS cover of this movie uh, says ancient Japan 1593. Without a map, without a clue, without a pizza. So what's interesting, I'm looking at this. uh, All of the movies were released in March of the year they came out. Huh. That's not that's not I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying that's interesting. Uh, so yeah, this movie's a giant piece of shit. It's it's a huge piece of shit. Uh, The turtles look like they're made of plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the concept is fucking stupid. Yes. Also, Corey Feldman's back. Yeah, Mon Mothma's back. Uh, also, Casey Jones is back to house it. Uh, Paige Turco is still April O'Neil, uh, except now she has short curly hair because uh, she said, fuck you. I'm not, you know, wearing your shitty wig for your shitty movie mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. So April like comes down to visit them at their at the crib, uh, which like in the second movie after like the Foot Clan knew where their their sewer home was, like they found like an abandoned section of the subway system that they moved into in the second movie. Uh, So like April comes to visit them there and is like, hey, I got you stuff from the surface world where you're not allowed to go because everybody will shoot you with guns. Even though uh, everyone knows you exist because you're you were literally on the front page of the paper. Mm hmm. Uh, but now we have to be secret again. So. April brings them all kinds of shit from a flea market. So like she gets Michelangelo. A, a fucking uh, lampshade. Is his big present. She gets Leonardo a book on swords. Uh, she gets Donatello an old radio. Um, I mean, like, it sounds like Michelangelo got the worst president, and that's because he did. But like, <laughs> uh, since Michelangelo is like, uh, I think might actually be like kind of slow, like, like Forrest Gump slow. Uh, like, he seems really happy about it. Yeah. Uh, and she gets. Shredder or Shredder. Yeah, Shredder's dead. Uh, Splinter. These names are too similar. Uh, she gets him like this old like scepter that ha- it's like an old like a Japanese antique. Uh, which is the MacGuffin uh, because. Uh, despite being, you know, at a flea market and handled by presumably dozens of people. Uh, April's the only one who can make it transport her back in time. Well, no, because no, no one was reading the inscription at that exact moment in history. 
because uh, it's like a fixed point. Like it, it transports you back exactly 400 years, like to the second or whatever. And also yeah, something, like something like that to the other side of the planet. Cause like New York to Japan. Yep. So yeah. Uh, so they go back in time uh, after, uh, well, Paige, go, Paige Turco goes back in time. April O'Neil goes back in time uh, and gets replaced with this, this kid Kenshin. Yeah. Uh, e- equal, equal mass displacement. So like the, the turtles, because they have heavy shells, the the evil daimyos like honor guard replace the turtles uh and like right. whatever whatever you're wearing is what like the person who replaces you they are in your clothes and like so you you travel back in time but also swap clothes with them uh so these four dudes just show up naked cuz the turtles don't wear clothes uh and the turtles show up wearing like full samurai armor just kind of somehow fits them kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a way to hide the horrible looking uh, fucking turtle suits. So that's that fine. They, but then they immediately take off the armor with like first fucking chance. So you yeah. get back to the horrible turtle suits that now have spots added around like the legs for some reason. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, like the turtles age rapidly. So now they have like liver spots. Sure. So now they have to get back April O'Neil. I don't want to spend too much time on this fucking movie. I fucking hate this movie. It's so bad. It's like everybody thinks that they're Kappa, which is like... uh, Turtle demon. Yeah, it's like a a river demon from from ancient Japanese lore. And also Uh, a Twitch emote. And all I thought was Kappa Pride. Let's go. Yeah, let's get some Kappa Prides in the chat. Also, there's like... uh, An English, like, merchant who's trading there uh because like in feudal japan it's basically like last samurai uh which is wayne's favorite war movie of all time true over at the countdown uh which is way better than that piece of shit saving private ryan uh these are his words so like this guy is selling them guns and stuff so there's also like people just shoot at the turtles which like how could they know that bullets were their only weakness yeah right so yeah so like a bunch of stupid stuff happens they fight people uh raphael mentors a child Um, who i believe they don't confirm it but i believe uh winds up being splinter's mentor oh like splinter's ancestor that's cool yeah yoshi yeah i think uh is my theory but like i'm like uh, maybe they were doing that and then uh like Raphael kind of takes on some of Splinter's mannerisms when like dealing like, with him. Did I say that about like, rage? Uh, kids. You know, which is what Splinter always does. Right. Um, so I don't know, it's sweet. They actually put some some fucking character development for a character in this, which is fine. What a concept. Yeah, I don't know. They have to fight the bad guys, they do, they win. Now, hold on. We have to talk about how they win. Because they win by catching catching the the fucking scepter and then uh one of the ca- someone fucking launches uh oh, it's uh ancestor K- Casey uh Casey Jones uh launches a fucking catapult at the dude and it hits him and knocks him off or it hits like the the rope thing he was on and knocks him yeah. off. 
So he falls uh, into the ocean, except there's no splash because all that happens is that his model disappears from the sea the green screen. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Real, real great. Uh, and then the movie's over. And then we never talk about it again because this movie sucks. And there's nothing fun to talk about it with because there's no good parts of the movie. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. The only interesting IMDb goofs are that like the their kimonos are closed the wrong way because like uh, when you close it right over left, like that's how they prepare uh, the kimonos for corpses for burial. And like you're supposed to wear it with like the left panel over the right panel. Uh, that's the most fun thing I can tell you about this movie. Sure. So, yeah, uh, I I recommend the first one. I don't recommend like the second one. Yeah, you could get away with. You could watch it. It's it's dumb, but it's fun. Uh, the third one, don't even fucking bother. Turtles in Time is dog shit. Just play the game instead. Yeah. Oh, the the Turtles in Time arcade game, which has, by the way, nothing to do with this movie. Uh, it's it's really fucking good. Uh, this movie is garbage tier and belongs in a dumpster. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we doing next week, Dan? All right. Well, next week on the show, let me pull up the schedule. Uh, did I put it on there? Uh, I did. Uh, we will be watching <laughs> uh, the new Kevin James movie home team, where he is unrecognizable as Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints during the whole Bounty Gate scandal that happened. Uh, so that's a movie we're watching. And then it's a cautionary tale of Netflix. And I believe it's your turn to to select a cautionary tale of Netflix. I don't know. Since you're making me watch home team, I kind of just want to punish you. That's fine. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) I don't don't give a shit. Uh, If it's Paul Blart, Marl cop, I'll be like, whatever. Uh, well, in that case, uh, we're going to be watching the Netflix original movie, My Little Pony, colon, A New Generation. <laughs> I've been waiting for a time to fucking murder you with this movie. Uh, I'm sick that day. <laughs> oh, OK. Oh, uh, you mean the one where the images uh, two ponies looking like they're about to kiss? Let's go. Yeah. Ooh, woo. Ooh, woo. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Please, uh, please look up uh, My Little Pony and look over four slots. Uh, on mine, four slots over is My Girl, followed by My Girl 2, uh, where uh, presumably the kid dies a second time. Uh, so I, I, look up uh, Tails. Uh, look up Canterlot. Uh, C-A-N-T-E-R-L-O-T. Oh, is it the one where they're anthropomorphized? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, horrific. Yeah, they did, a, they did a whole thing with that, where it's the My Little Pony characters, but they're humans for some reason. And that's they're, horrific. And they're also in high school, and it's haunting. That, that should be what we actually watch. That's <laughs> not a Netflix original, so. That's fair. Uh, it's also only three episodes, so there's that. Oh, man. It's an alternate universe. It's it's the fucking pony verse. 
Oh my god! Uh, we, so now, now we need the most ambitious My Little Pony crossover ever, where it's uh, the My Little Ponies uh, going to different multiverse, going to different universes to create the Pony multiverse. And they have to get all the in, affini- uh, Infinity Stones. Yeah, they, they have to get all the Infinity Stones: Pro- Prophetic Prism, Chromatic Star, yeah. Anchor Wellspring. That's <laughs> uh, such a narrow reference to try to make. Uh, this is a fucking stupid show. It's true. Uh, so with that, if you'd like to find out more about this stupid show, uh, visit Netflix and Swill.com. If you want to stop shop for all things, Netflix and Swill, check out our Patreon page. If you want to support us monetarily and also make us watch us make, you also want to make us watch bad things. There's the sentence. Uh, and make sure to leave us nice reviews on podcast services. Uh, don't be somebody who just leaves a one-star review, pro, uh, Adam McKay, that uh, with no actual review, it's just a rating. Adam McKay, did Adam McKay leave us a one star review? And we we got a one star review, and it happened after the "Don't Look Up, Don't Look Up" episode. So I'm uh, assuming it's Adam McKay. After we kind of were like, "Yeah, your movie's not that great." I mean, it would almost have to be. So that's the working theory I have. But yeah, uh, fuck you, Adam McKay. <laughs> <sighs> well. Uh, Until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.